0: We're going to say one, two, three, four. We're each going to take turns saying I'll say one. Shiva will say two. Sean will say three. Graham, you'll say four. All right. And then as soon as you hear the number before you, just say it. And this is to eliminate whatever latency Discord introduces. So here we go. We're going to do it. And one. Two. two. <laughs> So, so, Sean, I, I said you were three, I've but been that's been two, okay. I've been two for three years, Phil. All right, yeah, All right, so that's
1: why I was like, why did you do that? Dude? This is the number game I've played.
0: I don't know why I did it. I was thinking because uh yes, Shivam doing Let's start over. show plan. Okay, Sean is two, Shivam is three, Graham is four. Here we go. Graham, right, f- two. One. <laughs> two. I'm Phil DeLuca. I am Sean Watson.
1: And I'm Shivam Putt.
0: And we are commander in.
2: Commander.
0: Thanks for listening, everybody. We put a spotlight on community issues, but never, ever talk about three banned topics. Religion, politics, and Hearthstone. It's really important we don't talk about any of those. <laughs> <laughs> and he says this,
1: of course, as we approach the one-year mark of my yes, being on the podcast. as we
0: approach that. So, if you like what you're hearing, which may or may not include religion, politics, or Hearthstone... You can support us by giving us five-star ratings wherever it is you get your podcast from. We will occasionally read these out. And, of course, it's comments like that on iTunes that led to our standard closing on the show. It's hilarious. Um, You can also tell a friend about the show. Please tell all your friends about it because we are a family-friendly podcast, but we do uh, get salty sometimes. We just don't swear. <laughs> yeah, And if you really want to support the podcast, you can visit patreon.com slash commander and MTG. Don't forget to visit us on YouTube where you can comment, rate, and subscribe. We have a wonderful show lined up for you. And this time, Shivam is going to introduce the show.
1: Yay! It finally is my show, except for all the other times it was probably my show. <laughs> it feels like, remember, there was a the back-to-back weeks of Gavin and Ethan so, but this time I came up with it and it's going to be a good time because this is my favorite topic, nostalgia for magic. So Masters 25 just came out and I thought it would be super awesome to go back in time and talk about some of our favorite cards from the dawn of magic that have never seen a modern border, that have never seen the light of day outside of your bulk bins. And as it happens, while I was brainstorming this show, I was watching Game Nights, the show put on by our dear, dear friends over at Command Zone. And the episode they had featured our oh. special guest here using a brand old deck featuring one of my favorite legends from childhood, the Grand Chromium, one of the worst cards ever printed. <laughs> that is also <laughs> one of the best cards ever printed. And a lot of our fans have actually requested this guy to come on as well. So I am very, very pleased to welcome Loading Ready Run's Graham Stark to the Commander in Podcast. Hello, Graham. Hello. Mm. Thank you so much for having me on. Our pleasure. Oh, it's our pleasure. We're super excited. I should also mention that Graham hosts the podcast Tap Tap Concede, as well as a weekly magic stream and, you know, a bunch of stuff for Watsi. Yeah, we're just really happy to have you here. So maybe you can tell the audience that doesn't really know you what you guys do up there.
3: We do an awful lot of internet content. Um, depending on who it is I'm talking to, I will describe ourselves variously as either content creators, or if I want to go a little bit more pro, a video production house, or to most people younger than me, we are YouTubers and streamers. <laughs> <laughs> it was at GP Portland, actually, the team limited GP for, I guess it would have been Corset uh, Twenty fifteen, the one with triplicate spirits. Um and I was doing some work on a laptop in the lobby and a I I want to say a 14 year old just sort of leaned in and was like, hey, are you that YouTuber? And I went, Yes. And he said, cool, and then left. And I'm like, well, I, I,
2: that was probably for me. But um Are you sure he didn't mistake you for a PewDiePie? The only other YouTuber in I don't yell nearly enough. We
3: uh I, I would say we are entertainers. We, we make a, a variety of different entertainment, generally speaking, comedy, but we have a large density of Magic the Gathering stuff as well. Like she even mentioned, our podcast Tap, Tap, Concede, which is just casual magic chats. But we, we have a second podcast called North 100, which is specifically about the Canadian Highlander 100-card singleton format. We have a weekly Magic Online stream. We have a weekly... Paper Magic stream, and we make the show Friday nights for for Wizards of the Coast. So we we do we do a lot of stuff with Watsy and with Magic, and it's been a lot of fun. We we get a lot of people we get a lot of people saying that we are responsible for them playing Magic, and it's hard to tell if they're grateful or mad about it. <laughs> so usually our our Pat response is uh, we're sorry,
1: and you're welcome. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like within the past year or two, you guys have just ramped significantly the amount of magic content you're doing. Like, it felt like it used to be much more just general games and some magic, and now it feels like lots of magic.
3: Well, we added the second podcast, which definitely adds a big density to the YouTube channel, but also the streams, because we used to have a weekly stream stream where we did tabletop gaming, and that was either board games or magic. And we have lots of fans who don't like magic, and, you know, I don't get it, but that's cool. (laughs) You know, they're allowed to not actually be into it, and whenever we would do magic on the tabletop stream, they'd be like, oh, it's a magic episode. But then whenever we would do, you know, like Betrayal at House on the Hill, all the people who really just want to see us play magic were like, why aren't you playing Commander? So we were like, all right, all right, hang on, hang on. We're going to do a stock split. And so <laughs> now on Wednesdays we do just tabletop and no magic, and then on Friday nights we do just magic. So you know, there's that. Also, I guess I should have mentioned the pre-pre releases. That's the other probably yes. most notable public-facing magic content that we do, which is um, they're yeah. wonderful.
1: I absolutely love them.
3: Thanks. We really enjoy them too. This was uh, this was a brainchild of uh, of our man James, and it's basically um, we by the grace of Wizards, have access to the cards a week ahead of the pre-release. So we jokingly call it the pre-pre-release. And we bring guests in from out of town, uh, usually four guests, one person from Wizards, and three sort of notable community people that some number of other folks have heard of. And then we uh, we get to do like a pre-release, like an eight-person pre-release ahead of time and be the first time that anyone outside of WotC gets to play with the set. And actually, I guess I should mention our next one is coming up in April because it's Dominaria. Yeah. Yay.
1: Yeah, the pre-releases are great. But the two things that uh, attracted me to you guys in the first place was, uh, one, you did a crapshoot about deck names some <laughs> many years ago, which was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Yep. I really ought to link to that because I'm not going to just retell a joke because that's really silly. But the second thing is the thing that probably most of the non-Magic playing audience knows you for. The gigantic charity you do playing the world's worst yeah. video game. Oh, so, yeah. So, uh, can you briefly share what you <laughs> guys do for Desert Bus for Hope? And then we'll get on to talking about it. Yeah. So,
3: here. Desert Bus for Hope, which again, the name of which was intended to be sort of silly the idea that, you know, that like there are serious charity things that are like something or other for hope or something for, you know, <laughs> for the cure or whatever. And we decided it's Desert Bus for Hope. Uh, basically, yeah, we play. Like you said, the most boring video game ever made. It was a game designed by Penn and Teller that was never actually released for the Sega CD. And you play. It, they call it a they call it a Vera simulator because it is meant to simulate driving a coach bus between Tucson, Arizona, and Las Vegas, Nevada, at forty five miles an hour in real time. Real yeah. time. So it takes it takes eight hours. The bus has a slight list to the left um, and you have to keep, so you can't just tape the controller down. You got to keep correcting to keep it on the road. And then when you get to the end, you get one point and you turn around and go back. It's a perfectly straight road. There's no traffic. There is nothing of interest in this game. It is the most boring game ever. And we play it 24 hours a day until people stop donating money to Child's Play, which is a charity that uh, gives toys and games and financial support and just general support to children in children's hospitals and domestic violence shelters. You have donated a lot. This year was our 11th year and we raised over $650,000. That's (laughs) that's incredible. It's, it's a week of anarchy and it's, it's (laughs) a, it's a heck of a thing to watch. I'm told. (laughs) It's it's
1: wonderful. I I basically mainline it while it's on. I've watched it basically at work and at home it's like sketch comedy and insanity and just absolutely the most ridiculous thing. It makes me want to actually volunteer and come up to Canada and like help you guys lose your mind slowly over the course of 12 days or so. Uh, <laughs> it's like watching the reverse Olympics. It's this like complete just bonkers town. But you have hand. to do it without <laughs>
0: crashing or running off the road.
3: Yeah, well, I'm not going to say crashes don't happen. <laughs> In the game when you crash, you, you a tow truck Shows up and picks you up and tows you back in real time, but uh, we usually just reset the. <laughs> we usually just reset the system and start over.
1: I didn't realize it was yeah. in real time. That's, of course, it would oh. be. Why wouldn't it be? Have you ever thought about
2: buying a real bus and doing the actual journey? We or have. That'd be too exciting.
3: It's it probably it would be far too interesting. It's been suggested certainly, but also just getting internet there, uh, like state Well, I guess it's getting more and more feasible these days. But with
2: IRL streams. Yeah. Playing Desert Bus on the actual Desert Bus. Yeah, eh? I'm not
3: going to say we haven't
2: thought about it. <laughs> I
3: don't think it's I don't think it's high on our list at the yeah. moment, but eh, we'll see. And that is the uh, Penny Arcade charity event. Yeah, right? it was um it, it was kind of funny. It's uh they started the charity. They're not like directly involved with it day to day, but they 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 founded the charity because of a. Uh, There was an article in a Washington State newspaper that basically, and I'm sure that we've all seen stuff like this, it basically sort of painted all nerds or geeks or whatever, specifically people who play video games, as basement-dwelling troglodytes that will never contribute meaningfully to Mm -hmm. society. (laughs) And they said, well, we we can do that. And uh, they just did it as like an Amazon wish list toy drive the first year, which resulted in uh, Mike's garage being so immovably full of toys yeah. that they were like, okay, this we need to actually get people to like run this as a thing. Which is amusing because the reason that Penn and Teller originally made Desert Bus for Hope the game was in a similar vein in response to... Well, I realize this is one of the banned topics, so go ahead. It's, it's, it
1: was sorry, anyway. Guideline.
3: It was it was Janet Reno uh, <laughs> was talking about at the time. It was Janet Reno and and a younger Hillary Clinton were talking about basically violent video games and they're training people to do the things that are in the games. And that she alleged that they should make video games that tra- train people how to do useful things. And Penn and Teller were like, well, that's a <laughs> fundamental misunderstanding of what a video game is supposed to be, which is meant to be, you know, an escape. And so we'll show you what that kind of video game would be here. Here's a, here's a video game about being a bus driver. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we didn't even, re- we didn't actually know that's why Desert Bus was created originally. When we started it, we were like, we like, we're, we do comedy and video game stuff and like helping children in hospitals. So this makes sense. But it turns out there was actually a a really entertaining sort of connection there in the 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 origins of these things. So
1: that's pretty great. Worked out yeah. well.
3: It
0: sure has.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a fantastic charity. I love love watching it. But in uh, interest of stroking my own ego for a second, <laughs> about one year ago from the point of uh, this recording, I got to be on Tap Tap Concede, which is one of the coolest things I've ever gotten to do. Uh, where I got to record a video with Graham and talk about Kaladesh, which is a topic close to my heart, as listeners of Commander you know, because that's also why I'm here. <laughs> so we'll throw a link to that up in the uh, show notes and y'all can watch it so that I don't relive my yeah, dreams. Graham,
0: he never stops talking about it. He starts every show with, Well, this isn't as cool as being on TapTap Tap, Concede.
1: I mean, nobody can see me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> They're legitimately some of my favorite episodes. I like the ones where I got to talk about all the Greek and Roman myths inspiring Theros and getting yeah, to talk cool. to getting to talk to Shivam about the things that sort of inspired or informed Kaladesh was sort of was equally fascinating to me and I I wish we'd been able to do the same for Amonkhet, but uh, uh, we weren't able to make that work with the people that I was aware of who were both magic players and an expert in yeah. Egyptology I had some people I was trying to get and they. They just—they weren't really into into it. I think out of the shape.
0: millions of Magic players, there are two with that overlap of skills, right? I
3: know
2: <laughs> one. He's, he's been on the show. If it's different <laughs> from the one I contacted, I <laughs> <can> let,
0: let,
2: <laughs> let me know. If they ever go back to Lorwyn, I'll be your Celtic mythology expert if and, you need one. Yeah, Ooh, look at that. <laughs> you, can
3: about, you can tell me all about Red Caps and Oops. I actually know quite a bit. But um, only because
0: I'm a massive nerd. And, yeah. and we are now touching on Shivam's perhaps second favorite topic in general, which is, of course, nostalgia for the ancient and old cards. <laughs> but before we get into that, each week we like to call out three patrons of our show. We call them Patroni because we're silly. These are these are people who have decided they like our show so much. This is always This is unbelievable to us. I mean it's crazy but they donate money to us every uh show and this week we want to call out toby wells brian gadzinski and heiss Velten. and maybe we should have you can do better well, i was than that, just going Phil. to say maybe our scandinavian pronunciation <laughs> pronunciation expert should uh weigh in there
2: well i think that's uh rather than scandy that might be dutch but uh, i'll give it a go anyway it's a um, uh, <laughs> yes, that, I mean,
1: you got you got to have the bounce in that because the Dutch is definitely yes. a bouncy language. I, I'm
3: I'm I'm glad they provided you with the pronunciation.
1: help yeah. There. Yeah. There's no way. <laughs> there's
0: I no definitely way. would have
3: said you just which
0: is which is the way I first said it. I think when we were talking about him on Twitter, and he was very polite. He's a really nice guy. He's super nice guy, and he very politely said, "Actually, it is pronounced like this."
2: We do have a, uh, uh, a Scandi contributor sometimes. His name is the very complicated Robin. <laughs> Ooh, it took us a while to get yeah, our yeah, name yeah. around that so one.
0: That was tough to get used to. So yeah. recently we have also made appearances on a couple of different shows and or very popular websites. So Shivam is actually writing a blog now on Card Kingdom and his first one is up, and it's basically his origin story, and you should go read that and comment in, in there, and by all means, let Card Kingdom know how much you love Shiva. Now, Sean, you were on the Brothers War podcast defending your favorite topic, which is uh, Black Tudors.
2: Yes, uh, and it also veered off into my other favorite topic, which is Dislike of Green, <laughs> Uh Now, let me tell you, if you want to shed Twitter followers quicker than an alt writer at a uh, meeting of the Anti-Defamation League, go on a magic podcast and tell people you don't like playing green.
0: (laughs) Did you lose Twitter (laughs) followers?
2: I lost 15 Twitter (laughs) followers.
0: (laughs) That's great. Um,
2: And then had an argument on Twitter with... uh, Daryl Brockett the casual guy who's one of the nicest men on Twitter and even he got inflamed by me uh, telling people that you shouldn't tell people how they should play their deck just concentrate on how you play your own apparently that's me being mean but you know I I feel like you could get that same
3: reaction with any color (laughs) (laughs) probably probably worse if you'd said blue
2: yeah but I don't agree with that you see (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah that. so uh yeah brother's war if you don't listen to brother's war please do uh it's an excellent podcast and i'm on episode 38 talking all things tutors and having a small debate with my friend ryan green one yes. of the hosts and cj who i've only just met but he's lovely too
0: yeah so we'll include links to uh all of these things that we talk about in the show notes so go visit the show notes I was also on the Command Zone episode 201, which is their annual state of EDH. I guested with our friend Andy Hull from Commander's Brew. And uh, with Josh and Jimmy, we uh, had, had a pretty lively discussion about a couple of fun topics.
1: It was a great conversation. Was it? Oh, I really, really enjoyed it.
2: I've been dragged into some of the Twitter fallout yes, I about saw that. that somehow. I don't know how. I wasn't even on the episode. If somebody
0: added you in a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so we'll include links to all of these fine shows and of course our guests uh show his actually his whole channel on YouTube. And one more thing we want to mention, you know, our friends at Commander's Brew, Andy and Sean, they are starting a live action gameplay series that focuses on the players and the fun moments we have in Commander. They say it's going to be four players featuring Andy and Sean as well as people from their meta Comedians, I suppose these are comedians who play commander, I certainly hope so, and then people from the uh, EDH and magic community as well so get in, go pledge to them it's going to be a blast and let's help them beat their Kickstarter goal um, ideally let's beat their Kickstarter goal in the first two
1: hours I don't even know what their goal is, but let's just beat it four hundred thousand no. dollars Canadian but no Andy and Sean are uh, actually Hey. Like... <laughs> 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 ah, well, you have to watch Shivam cuz that knife just flashes <laughs>
0: out of nowhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh Andy and Sean are uh two Toronto area like actor improv comedians. They're hilarious people if you don't listen to their podcast already. And um getting them and other improvers to play games together is probably just a recipe yeah. for good times.
0: Yeah, I know. Uh, I've I've personally played with both of them at GP Vegas and they are hilarious to play with so a video of them playing with other funny people my goodness it's going to be great
1: and we could always use more canadian content
0: yeah. and Magic. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to take that knife out now
3: the crtc is a real big fan of that <laughs> that's why did i say no one's going to understand that reference if you're not from canada uh the crtc it's like our uh fcc
1: federal communications yeah fcc
3: It's uh, Canadian radio and television. Anyway, um, they uh, mandate that a certain percentage of broadcast content must be what's called CanCon or Canadian content. Mm -hmm. So anytime anyone from, anytime any TV or music gets like decently popular, people like broadcasters in Canada are really excited about it because it means they can play something that is Canadian, but the people also
1: like That's amazing. Oh, yeah, Nickelback. Well, <laughs> nickelback. A significant amount of the children's programming I used to watch was uh con stuff, like
0: Sharon Lois and Bram, etc. Well, maybe you can give them some advice, Graham, when they start up.
3: I have some amount of advice playing Commander with Improver, Yes, <laughs> <laughs> some, out, some amount of advice. Sorry, experience. It's a it's a it's a winning combination. I, I can't wait to see what they're how their now, thing goes.
0: Now Shivam referenced um, your appearing on game nights with. Your Chromium deck, right? Yes, indeed. And Shivam, what was it about that episode that gave you the idea for this show?
1: Thank you, Phil. Uh a great transition. So um, Game Nights, which is the uh, show that Jimmy and Josh put on, uh, they have a conceit every episode. And this episode was tied into Masters, and it was also tied into Nostalgia, right? And in that, I saw that Graham was playing an entirely old border deck using Chromium, which was one of my favorite artworks from Legends. And it was a deck full of the jankiest stuff I'd ever seen in a commander deck. And it was doing some absurdly ridiculous things with fun cards that you would totally forget. Like Kumbaj, which is from, you know, uh, Arabian Nights with the Popper All-Star. I just thought it was super neat. And I would love to sit and talk about what it's like to force yourself to play with ancient <laughs> cards. And to see what kinds of things you discovered when you were trying to you know, dig up these old cards to make a deck. Because obviously it didn't suck. It definitely, it was definitely fun to watch. It was
3: interesting. It's, there's a line I said in the interview that they didn't end up using in the final edit, which was, because this episode is about nostalgia, I decided to make my deck using only the old border and I regret every decision that brought me to this point. <laughs> um, and I assume they didn't use that because, you know, it actually, it was actually super fun and I meant it. I meant it as a joke, but yeah, basically... They came to us and said, "You know, we we want to do something with nostalgia, and it's whatever that means to you." And so, f- for Jimmy, it was mono red burn, which is because that's how he started playing the game. For Kathleen, that was her mono black vampire deck, because we all started playing around Zendikar block, and that was the first commander deck she'd ever made. And for me, I started playing—I say playing in heavy air quotes—I started with the game in Ice Age. And I didn't really know how to play it. I just picked up some of the cards. I collected them. I thought they were cool, but I never really sort of played. And then after a little while, I stopped playing and then really got back into it um, right around Scars Block when Scars Block was released. And so I decided, well, if, if I'm going to do Nostalgia, I should I should set myself a stipulation to only use the old border. And then, you know, by that token, I I got to do one of the Elder Dragon Legends, because I remember in grade school seeing these and thinking they were so cool. And to be fair, Chromium by far my favorite art uh, of the yes. Elder Dragon Legends because it's a giant metal dragon. That's rad.
1: It's like the most D and D looking artwork in all of Magic. It like feels like the cover of a module. Yeah. For those at home who don't know Chromium, is uh, for shame? But uh, Chromium is a an eight casting an eight casting cost Elder Dragon Legend for. Uh, Two and white, blue, black. Uh, two white, two blue, two black. And it's got the wonderful power set of Flying Rampage 2 for a 7-7. Seven, seven, which means that uh, I believe if it's blocked by two things, it gets... If it's, if it's blocked, it gets plus two, plus two.
2: Yeah. For each additional creature beyond the first that blocks it.
1: Right. So if you manage to somehow double block a Flying 7-7, seven, seven, you, you will regret it. <laughs> but- and
3: don't forget about the upkeep.
1: Uh, yes, and the upkeep you pay white, blue, black, or bury chromium. Yeah, I miss upkeep sometimes, but chromium is just so good and so bad at the same time.
2: And uh, for the kids out there, bury means destroy and you cannot be regenerated. Yeah,
3: even though it's actually sacrifice. Now it's, it's sacrifice. It's old, old templating. So you got chromium, that by far is the coolest art, you've got nickel bolus, who's the only one that lived. Uh, spoilers, and is now a, a, a planeswalker and like the big bad of magic. You've got Vivictus Asmati, which is the one with the coolest name. And Arcadia Sabbath is also there.
1: Yep. Uh, you know what? Arcadia Sabbath was like my favorite guy because my first ever deck was also Bant. So he was like the uh, linchpin and top end of my deck. And he was awesome. I love Did we citizen. mention
0: that these five elder dragons are the reason our format is named Elder Dragon Highlander?
1: Not gonna lie, that was the other reason I wanted Graham on because I don't think we've ever talked about the elder dragons, probably with good reason. They're not great. However, it tickled me
3: because that was and uh, that was like a that was a stipulation, wasn't it? Originally, yeah. that they had yeah. your your commander was. It, I mean, well, there weren't commanders. It wasn't called commander. It was called EDH. It was called Elder Dragon Highlander. Highlander because hundred card singleton, and, and your commander was one of these, one of these dragons. Yep. And then they were like, "Let's let's do it with better creatures, guys." <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> the reason uh, commander damage is twenty one is because it's three swings from an elder dragon.
3: Yeah, yeah, seven, seven, yep. seven. Originally, I wanted to do Nickel Bolas because when you are a magic content creator, you often get asked, what is your favorite card? And yes. uh, I had to come up with this for the Community Cup, I think it was. And after racking my brain, I settled on, it's Nicol Bolas because he's this big scary dragon, but his art is
1: <laughs> dapper librarian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's just an old man sitting at home reading a book.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and so I wanted to find Nickel Bolas and I couldn't get one. So I went, all right, fine that's that's totally cool I'll do chromium because chromium looks rad and then I can play all these stupid white cards that are probably hilarious in in multiplayer as it turns out that was a good thing because we did not coordinate on this and Josh ended up playing a nickel bolus deck and that would have been
1: awkward can't come to the table wearing the same dress as your as your uh, players wouldn't
3: that (laughs) wouldn't that be rude Um, (laughs) and so there was another layer to my personal nostalgia in finding this, be- or in building this deck because I uh, I didn't have a lot of time to do it and I didn't want to just sit at home like pouring over Scryfall or, or <laughs> Gatherer or whatever. Um,
1: or Inquest or Scry even. <laughs>
3: yeah, well, for these super <laughs> old cards in case my LGS didn't have the cards because I didn't have a lot of time. And so I just went down there and just started riffling through the like random dollar rares box. And that brought back a lot of nostalgia as well of like going down to the game store and flipping through the through all the boxes and being like, whoa, what's this weird card I've never seen? <laughs> and, you know, how much is this? 25 cents? Great, I'll take it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and plus that's the, one of the joys of that is that there's so many, really interesting cards that you have completely forgotten about yeah. that exist that are great for EDH format or even just, you know, random casual play that are just not good enough to make the radar for anyone else. And when you pull them out, everybody's like, what the hell is that? Wow. That is super cool. Where did you even find that? And you're like, in a shoebox in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait.
3: Yeah. Like the, the one that came up in the, in the Game Nights episode was Breath Stealer's Crypt which I'd never heard of before and was like, oh, this looks funny. Sure, I'll throw it in the deck. Why not? And
1: it ended up being
3: really interesting to the game.
1: Oh my God, that was a card that was just absurd.
3: Breath Stealers Crypt. It's two blue-black for an enchantment. Whenever any player draws a card, they reveal that card. So everyone has perfect information. If the card is a creature card, that player either pays three life or discards it. So good. It's, um, it's
2: it's a very popular card in Nekasar yeah. decks actually. Ah,
3: yeah. So as it turns out, it did nine a combined nine damage to all of my opponents and also nine damage to me <laughs> over Yay. the course of the game because uh, my deck was basically trying to just sit back and uh, ping everybody. I had every Pinger in the colors. Steve already mentioned Quam which is, let's not forget about Witch Hunter, the (laughs) one in white. And of course all the, all the blue ones like Rootwater Hunter and Maw Core and, you know, like actual prodigal sorcerer and (laughs) stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Like the thing about Witch Hunter, if I may for a second, one of the things is it's the best white card ever because it's seriously not even remotely white. Two and two white for a guy that taps to do one damage to target player, or you could pay three, uh, one and two white to Bounce a creature to an opponent's <laughs> hand. That is literally like the most not white you can get. This is like red, blue, the, the say, dude. Is yeah. It really? yeah, exactly. And it's so great. And it you know it's like a manathe. You never expect it, and you're like, what why does that exist? And you're like, the dark. That's I guess we'll why.
0: never see that
2: reprinted.
1: Oh no. <laughs> He's right up there with preacher in cards that are never going to show up. Someone
2: me. lost a finger for witch hunter,
1: dude. <laughs> if you ever go back and actually read the set list for the dark, which we should go do a set review for, there are cards in there that are just like I, I don't yeah. understand. How did this happen? <laughs>
2: yeah. Maze of Ith.
3: <laughs> yeah. And so then I also had all the like all the rack and or black vice effects which turns out uh the errata on the or the oracle text on those i think it did actually errata are not as good as it reads on the card because you have to actually pick one player and i thought it was Ugh. every player but there's other cards like pauper's cage and stuff like that that are every player so uh it was still super fun
0: <laughs> that's amazing
1: like when you watch his deck in play it just felt like the most trollish kind of low budget deck you've ever seen because it didn't do a lot, but what it did was just like monumentally annoying in very small ways. Yeah. It was like just like a whole ton of like stepping on a rock that just happened to be like on your ground from like next to the front door or something. You're like, Oh, that's irritating. It's not enough to, for me to scream, but it's irritating. and Like all these little things just kept just adding up to being super irritating in such an amusing way. And it really just reminded me of the joy of commander, which is like, sometimes there's just going to be somebody at the table who's playing a deck full of trash and it's beautiful. And
3: I was really able to ramp, ramp some stuff out with my depletion land. <laughs> ah, <yes. laughs> yeah, uh, I
0: can't believe we're running those.
3: <laughs> I've got, I think I had <laughs> two of them. I don't know if I had all three, but yeah, like, uh, Saprazan yeah. scary. It's a land that comes into play tap with two depletion counters on it and then you can tap and remove a depletion counter to add two blue mana to your mana pool. And then if there's no counters left, you sacrifice it. So you only get to do that twice, but that little extra bit of ramp let me get a bunch of mana rocks out. So,
1: you know, it It, it went okay.
2: Those have found latter-day popularity in Atraxa decks.
1: That's right. Oh, yeah. because you can just uh, use the proliferate and add more counters yeah. to these guys.
2: And keep having an extra depletion camp
1: oh that's a that's pretty cheeky i'd never even thought of that
0: depletion lands are uh, pretty popular these days for that reason
3: i did have a peat bog that's the black one and i don't i don't think i had the white one so i don't recall the name of it offhand (laughs)
2: fluffy sheep's meadow (laughs) that's pretty much it (laughs) presumably
0: wow that's uh that's cool
1: (laughs) and i knew that this would lead right into the topic. I actually wanted to use you as a Trojan horse to talk about, which is my favorite thing in the world, which is being old masters. Just came out. Dominaria is about to come out. And the two things, the thing that these two sets have in common is the fact that they're both tapping deeply into nostalgia as in like, Hey, old people, we remember you still play magic here are cool cards. And so one of the things i kind of wanted to lead into the second half before we wrap up here is what were your favorite cards of the ancient days that you think would be really cool to have a reprint that either didn't show up in masters or did show up in masters but just aren't getting the love you think they might one of the cards that is one of my pet cards that you never see anywhere is a card from the dark called gaia's touch which is an enchantment for two green that lets you put an additional land into play every turn and a, well, an additional forest into every turn and you can pitch this, um, uh, enchantment from play to add two green to your, uh, monopool. And the reason I bring it up is because I was playing against Aaron Forsythe at GDC last year and I put it into play and he picks it up and he's like, what in the heck is this card? And I'm like, dog, you make a man. If you don't know what it is, I, what am I going to tell you? And I realized that there's so many of these amazing cards from deep in the history that are just like, like this card costs like maybe a quarter or something. But it's basically like having another Oracle and Waldaya in play to get another land drop. And in Titania, it's super good. In like all of your land rampy scapeshifty decks, it's super good. And it's a card that nobody ever thinks about because nobody ever goes that far back into time.
2: I don't tend to run a lot of basic forests, so
1: you know. <laughs> Yeah, and you also don't play green, man, Mr. Color Square. Uh, I used
2: to run it in a Gaia's Liege deck back when I was foolish and played green.
1: <laughs> yeah guys leash should be perfect for this it's a card i think more people should play because green is a super popular color in edh and getting a ramp like this that's persistent is great
0: it's ramp without having to tutor for it too so it should fit in nearly anybody's yeah. definition of an acceptable
1: <laughs> card exactly and uh the other one i'll just pick two because i realized i put rustic study on there and Rustic Study is neither nostalgic nor underplayed, so I don't think I need to talk about that. The other one is one of my favorite lands of all time. It's a card from Weatherlight called uh, Lotus Veil, vale, which is like super hard to get and super expensive now for some reason. But when it comes into play, you sacrifice two untapped lands or you bury this card and you could tap it to get three mana of any one color to your mana pool. Which is to say, every turn you get a black lotus. Yeah, who knows
0: why that one's popular?
1: You know, the thing is, though, before they oracled it away, uh, the way triggers worked, you used to be able to put this into play, tap it for three mana, and then sacrifice it without having to pitch two land. It was absurd. It's not even a legendary land.
2: Sacrifice became a um, a cost.
1: It became a must instead of like a trigger. They, they took away the fun part of that.
2: But that would have been amazing.
1: Yeah, dude, it's just it's a free black lotus every turn. It's amazing. I love this card. Not quite free. Well, you know, in, in Titania, it's uh, two five threes, and you get a black yeah. Lotus that's untapped. So oh, okay, <laughs> so they've
3: they've changed the Oracle text to: if Lotus Veil vale would enter the battlefield, sacrifice two untapped lands instead. Right. Then yeah. if you if you do that, then you put it onto the battlefield. Right.
1: Yeah, because they were like, no, you actually do have to pay for this, because otherwise it's absurd. Yeah. Wow. Think about it, if it was just a Black Lotus that showed up and died, you would still be having a Black Lotus. <laughs> it's so good. Ah, this card makes me happy every time I see it. What about you, Sean?
2: Um. So, this was easy for me, because I'm all about the Urza's block, baby. And when people say, old border cards aren't as powerful as modern border cards, I scoff and say, oh, you don't remember... Telerian academy do you young <laughs> you know,
1: old,
3: old creatures aren't as
2: good yeah that is a categorical truth yes um, <laughs> you'll note i've not picked a creature at all in any of my picks so my first is actually probably my favorite and uh i had a full play set of these and then they restricted it back in the day the swines Uh, It's Time Spiral, uh, four and two blue for a sorcery from Urza's Saga. Uh, Remove Time Spiral from the game. Each player shuffles his or her graveyard and hand into their library, Draw seven cards, and then you untap six lands.
1: It's that part that gets me. It's the untap six lands because it wasn't good enough to have a power
0: nine. Not not, not only does it give you uh, the extra... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Not only does it give you the cards, you get to but you could actually profit in mana.
2: <laughs> I've done that many times. So this is in my blue-black clones deck. And I tell you, no one hates you, other than the, the Simic player who's got 35 cards in their hand. Nobody <laughs> hates you resolving a time spiral. Because they get everything back, and they get a whole new hand.
1: Fair. But you also get seven cards and six lands.
3: It's not even free. It's probably going to be better yeah. than free. Right. It is like,
1: sure, I'll just use free. my um, Gaia's Cradle again or my <laughs> Cabal Coffers again.
2: Uh, I've done it with Cabal Coffers and Urborg before, yeah. Um, but also, fun fact from Time Spiral, it is the single hardest card to buy from a online single seller because when you put Time Spiral into the search yeah. engine, it pulls up every single card from the set time spiral. Oh, God.
0: (laughs) And then if you get past that, it's currently uh, $55 US.
2: Is it really? I've got loads of them. Okay, I need to sell some of them. When I had to sell all my magic, most of my magic collection, I kept a few cards, which I had a few. It was like 15 bucks when I bought mine. Anyway, (laughs) next one. This was the first card I opened uh, that, I knew that I was in love with Phyrexia.
1: (laughs) That's gross.
2: (laughs) This was genuinely where it started. This is where the oil got into my skin, effectively. (laughs) Which is no mercy. uh, Which is a black enchantment, two and two black. Very simple, very clean design. Whenever a creature successfully deals damage to you, destroy it.
1: Wow.
0: Beautiful. it's, It's a truly beautiful card. And the story behind it is horrible. Like, like, <laughs> horror horrible, you know what I mean? Like,
1: Well, it's Phyrexia. They're not exactly, you know, bedtime stories. Well,
0: this one's even worse. They were basically in an accelerated time bubble, so everything coming in was in slow motion.
2: <laughs> yep. Oh, really? So
0: they had time to analyze the the invading army and adapt to what was best to destroy it. And they actually had years to do this while these in, this invading army was just charging in. Oh, fun. Hence
2: the flavor text, which is, we had years to prepare while they had yeah. mere minutes. It's crazy. Um, and to continue a theme, but not with an Urza's block card, my last pick. Uh, so when you're a Demir player, what's one of the biggest problems you have? Being a demir player. So, do do you want lack of morality in there? (laughs) That's
1: not a problem.
2: That's an advantage. We're like like the Chinese government. You know, you can get a lot done when you don't have to care about human
1: Uh. rights. Um, (laughs) Are we going to talk about the Hearthstone patch next now that we've broken every other rule? We haven't talked about religion yet. Well, he is talking about Phyrexia.
2: Gates to Phyrexia is one of the only ways in blue and black Well, specifically black, but you can... You know, in a blue-black pairing that you can destroy artifacts. It's not efficient at doing it. It costs you as much as it costs the person who you're doing it. And you only get to do it once per turn. But it is too black for an enchantment from uh, antiquities, I believe. Yep. Sacrifice one of your creatures during your upkeep and destroy any one (laughs) artifact... Yep, you may not sacrifice a creature that is, that is already on its way yeah, to the graveyard. Oh, that old that's how old it is. The rule text circles itself with trying to explain how you should <laughs> use it. I love old rules text that exhaustively
3: explain. My my favorite is it's. I think it's that's one. It's like an artifact that makes a swarm of other artifacts or something. But it's 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 a card that any any original card that says, for example.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> when it's like do this do this and do this for example you would do this and then the and he like walks you through it exhaustively it's, it's like, like
1: no we really want you to understand yeah, this i i love like
3: it's bad but i love old templating
2: yeah it's great bonus nostalgic nerd points to anyone who can tell me where on dominaria the gate to Forex oh, is located okay Isn't hold the, it full. we'll see if the other two
3: I've only just seen the map today, so... Uh,
1: uh, isn't it in, like, the Caves of Koilos or something? It That's is exactly. exactly
2: in the Caves of Koilas.
1: I have right. that card nerd in my deck. points
2: to Sheevum. <laughs> to
1: Sheevum. I knew it. I I'm, a I'm a Vorthos. Yeah, I, I, I know you knew it, because
2: we've talked about it yeah. years ago when we had a different host. Um, <laughs> but, cool. uh, yeah. No nerd points for you, Phil. Anyway, they're my three picks for my favorite nostalgic cards. We've got power, we've got expensive power, And we've got obscure jankiness.
0: Let's be honest. Gate to Phyrexia is not among your favorites because of the Phyrexian reference. It's because of the reference to warm grease on your face.
2: (laughs) For reference listeners, that is because the flavor text says, The warm rain of grease on my face immediately made it clear
1: I'd entered Phyrexia. I mean, if that's what you want to call it, buddy. (laughs) you <laughs> exactly
2: or a gentleman's special interest film <laughs> yes
1: oh god so phil save us from yes, the grease please. i will
0: um because there's a uh, it seems as if there's a greasy <laughs> conspiracy afoot my first card is conspiracy three black black believe it or not not a green card as my first, and I love it because it supports tribal right as conspiracy comes into play, choose a creature type, creatures you control, and creature cards in your graveyard, hand and library are of the chosen type, so not creatures that not your creatures that are exiled, no just every other creature that you brought to the game uh, and this is an enchantment it's really, really useful in tribal decks.
3: What is happening in this arc? <laughs>
2: So you remember the warm yes. grease from before? <laughs> I believe those goblins are going to anyway. Is the conspiracy
3: uh, that suddenly everyone involved in the the whatever this monarchy is are actually goblins?
2: Yeah. <laughs> um I think if I remember correctly, I can actually answer this. So in Macadia there was a conspiracy where people were letting goblins basically influence the city of Macadia. And they were sort of taking usurping the power from the base upwards in the city because it was a kind of um conspiracy style, uh, hence the set being named after, I guess. Um, the what's the city? Paliano, oh, yeah. it was a Paliano style city state. Mercadia was so you are correct, everyone is actually being run by <laughs> no, goblins. It's just very weird. It looks
3: like they're testing the couch,
1: <laughs> it really does. It's like a bunch of monks show up in your house and you are like, "This couch is out of order."
3: Good construction, soft pillows. Yeah, we can fit like five of us on here. Great, we'll take it.
1: <laughs> the world's worst Craigslist call.
2: Okay, that obviously French man there is. That's not mad. He's shocked. <laughs>
1: what? You know? What else mm-hmm. do you got, <laughs> Phil? <laughs>
2: You know we're going deep into a hole when Shivam's moving us along from pointless (laughs) indulgence.
0: (laughs) My next card, it's not too old, it's from Exodus. For two in (laughs) green green, I almost said black black out of habit. Two in green green, Spike Weaver. It's a lovely card. It's seen a lot of popularity in uh, because of Atraxa, and so its price has shot up. And I'm really hoping for a reprint, even though I already have one or
2: two. You see it in Merindex. Yeah, well. in
0: Merindex, uh, Spike Weaver comes into play with three plus one plus one counters on it. It's a zero zero creature Spike for two mana, and remove a plus one plus one counter from Spike Weaver. Put a plus one plus one counter on target creature. Seems legit. For one, and remove a plus one, plus one counter from Spike Weaver.
2: Prevent all combat damage that would be dealt this turn. Hmm. It's, it's a quality it card. Is. Combatastic. And I want you to look at his little face in that picture Aww. and imagine his parents, one of which was a spider <laughs> and one of which was a slug, <laughs> and how yes. they sired him.
3: I was going to mention that it looked like a spider slug, so I'm glad it's no. not just me. No. <laughs> no. It's part of the charm of this little guy.
2: Are you to imagine the spider sitting there, the slug slowly squelching in and someone puts on some Marvin Gaye.
1: You know, <laughs> I I was good with this card about
0: 3 seconds ago and now no longer. My third card is one that harkens back to my purely amoral and evil evil days, and I'll explain why in a moment. It's mind twist, oh. and I'll read the old I'll read the old text. For X and a black, you get a sorcery. Target player discards X cards at random from his or her hand. If that player does not have enough cards, his or her entire hand is discarded.
2: (laughs) I remember back in the day, the joy of. Oh, yes. One black mana, dark ritual, dark ritual, mind twist your hand.
0: Yes. I Uh. have done that very, very uh, turn. I think the best I ever had was I happened to have three Dark writs and I just did it. It's devastating. Oh, God. Absolutely devastating. And the the at-random part, target player discards X cards at random, is misery. Just misery. The last time this was really printed was in fourth edition. I have several copies of Mind Twist because it was one of my most popular cards, as well as him uh, to Turok, which is its little, little cousin. And it was last reprinted, though, as an invocation in Amonkhet.
3: I just want to know... What schoolyard butthole <laughs> was responsible for that second clause? With someone going, mind twist, you X equal to four. Yeah. Discard four cards. And then going, well, I only have three, so it doesn't do anything to me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's the Strive Exile card from Theros? Um, silence the Believers. No, Silence the Believers. So at Theros Blocks uh, standard GP... I strived someone and they sacked one of their creatures and said well because you've only got two of the three initial targets your spell fizzles. That is not true. No. And he argued with the judge over it as well. (laughs) Mm. Guess who the judge sided with?
0: Just uh why I was giggling and saying this is evil is because as I was leaving work today and I had just put mind twist into the show plan there, I was I was actually rehearsing what I would say to a target of this spell. <laughs> and and it included the phrase, Well, at least you don't have to choose
3: <laughs> <laughs> Oh God. Yeah, I'm sure that would make them yeah, feel yeah, much better.
2: Oh, yeah. uh... I would go with the classic, okay, everyone, arm in the air if you've got a full hand of cards. Whoa, whoa, not so fast, Phil. (laughs) Yeah.
0: God. Yeah.
1: Now, I remember in my youth when somebody would mind twist the guy next to me and then fork it to me. And I'm like, come on, come on. That's not (laughs) even fair. Oh, back
2: in the day, did it inspire this conversation?
1: Well, if it's forked, is X zero? No, because we were in like eighth grade and that didn't even occur to us. I
2: mean, X isn't zero right. for the record, but...
1: Um... Yeah, no, because we, we we would... We just accepted it that, oh, you did something, so I just trust yeah. it. But, man, it still sucked. Getting forked with a mind twist is just when you're like, well, I guess you get to play now. <laughs> let let me know how the game goes.
2: And back in the day, replenishing your hand was a lot harder than it is now.
1: It was impossible, man. It's like,
2: no, not impossible.
1: Well, you had, like, Brain Geyser and, like... Howling Mind, stroke a genius, and then Jander's Ring, and yeah, okay. So you had like a bunch of really slow yeah. and unhealthy <laughs> so not, not impossible,
2: <laughs> but a lot more difficult. Deeply, or always bringing me back to my original point.
3: Speaking yeah. again of old templating, my favorite, actually, I can't remember any of the cards that have this because, of course, it's all been oracled so you can't search for exactly this text. But it's the discard any discard effect that says you may force your opponent to discard a. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than just opponent does this, it's you may force them to. You better discard. Discard. It's like I'm I'm doing it. No, I have to yeah, force you. Sorry, it. I have to I have to do this.
1: Speaking of which, Graham, do you have any picks that you would like to talk about?
3: Well, I wanna uh give a shout out to James and his card, uh whenever he gets asked what his what his favorite old school card is, um, James is another member of Loading Ready Run. He does the, I mean, apart from all the other things I mentioned, he does the uh, the magic streams with me every Thursday. In the same breath as I answered Nicol Bolus, the original printing um, for that question, his answer was always force of nature, uh, uh, which uh, nice. was the, uh, which has been reprinted as recently as, oh goody, ninth, ninth edition. edition yeah. So you know, not the most recent, but the original art looks like swamp thing, and it's two green, green, <laughs> green, green. So six yeah. mana for an
1: eight, eight with that's trample. That's
3: just that's oh, yes. too too busted. It's, it's a bargain
1: at twice the price. That's too good.
3: So uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, it deals eight damage <laughs> to you unless you pay green, 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 green.
1: <laughs> it's glorious. I love that card. It was like unbeatable back in the day oh, until yeah. I pulled my sword supply shares. And it's like, oh, well, I guess all that mana you just tapped, you gain eight life. And they just look at their hand and sigh.
3: I like that the original alpha printing didn't even use the mana symbols. It said, you must pay G," just a capital G. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Also it noted you may still attack with force of nature even if you failed to pay yeah. the upkeep. <laughs> yeah, it just punches you really hard yeah. in the crotch. Actually, real quick, just while we were talking about templating and streamlining stuff, can I talk briefly about some new templating changes? Sure. Uh well so they've they've changed because yes. you were talking about um Lotus Veil. And you were like, oh, and you get to add that mana to your mana pool. And I, I didn't want to cut in, but I was like, actually, it's just add now.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. They took away
0: the, the mana, mana pool. pool is the yeah. is the secret game effect. Mm-hmm.
1: They say that, but I'm still going to be adding things to my mana pool. It's hard to break 25 years of habit. Yeah. But when you look at, like, for instance, the new way they drew, like, the Elvish Mystic, which is just, tap, add green. And I'm like, well, fair. I get it. It's clean. But the mana pool, it's got it's got heft to it. It's got like an, a flavor and it gives you a sensation of something happening. So apparently
3: the, the reasoning for this was that some new players, and I've never seen this personally, but people say that all the time about stuff that happens in magic <laughs> yeah. that, uh, that that they wouldn't experience yeah. on their own. But anyway, the point is. New players apparently have misinterpreted cards like Elvish Mystic and Land War Elves that they're just the area where they keep their lands is their mana pool. And they they believe that if you tap to add green oh, yes. to your mana pool, they get to tutor for a forest. Oh, wow. Well, I, I mean, we did
1: that in 1993 because we didn't know any better. Actually, I've taught
0: numerous people how to play Magic. And when they see that, that's what they think it is. Hmm. Like Elvish Mystic was in some of the, not starter decks, but intro decks, right? The sample packs, they were uh, sample decks they were called. Every time we played a green sample deck like that, the person would tap and just immediately go looking for a forest. And I had to slap the cards out of their hand. That would be amazing. It would be pretty amazing. And it would be totally in line with, you know, green's power level. So, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I've seen that myself. I get it.
2: Hmm. Graham yeah talking great nostalgic cards Mm -hmm. did you run in your chromium deck uh the golgothian silex (laughs) no it's a powerful nostalgic card that i think we should at least give a nod to on this episode
3: uh oh wow that's uh, just it's it's a it, it sure is a bowl or i guess a silex uh it's so quality as well. four mana artifact, or mono artifact as it was originally. It is a mono artifact. For one in tap, each non-token permanent with a name originally printed in the Antiquities expansion <laughs> is sacrificed <laughs> by
2: its controller. Eat it, strip mine. <laughs> Which includes itself. It was originally in Antiquities.
3: Now why would I not have run that? I can't fathom it.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's absurdly expensive. Probably, no. I'm
3: still waiting for the Homeland's chime that destroys all permanents from the Apocalypse expansion.
1: Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, the Didgeridoo that summons Minotaurs. I tried to make that card work so badly. Uh, I have, I
3: have a, a Minotaur Commander deck. It's not good, but it's fun. No.
1: But with the new Minotaur in um, Dominaria, the box promo that's going to be coming out, it should be pretty sweet. But we will right. talk about that when we get to Dominaria. Yeah. My deck is not those. My deck is not those colors.
2: It's Minotaur. Minotaur. <laughs> oh my god.
3: Minotaur. I'm from Canada. <laughs> uh, quick, FYI, just just a just a hot tip uh, from me to anyone out there: if someone tells you they're building a Minotaur Commander deck or Minotaur. Commander deck. Do not immediately say, "Oh, are you running Didgeridoo?" Yes, they're running Didgeridoo. <laughs> Trust me, they've heard of it.
1: <laughs> there's like not
3: much other reason.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like making a dwarf a a dwarves matter deck, right? It's like, yes, you're going to be running dwarven miner because literally there's like twelve dwarves in Magic. If you want to make a deck, that's what you got. Minotaurs aren't exactly a deep tribe. Do you have any other ancient cards you'd like to talk about, Graham? Oh,
3: probably.
0: <laughs> like, like, what would what would your top favorite card be? Your top ancient card, rather.
3: Top ancient. I mean, it's like it's. I think it's still just the old the old printing of Nicol Bolas. I actually have a print. It's not a good quality print, but it is signed by Edward Beard, uh, of of that art. You know, it's weird. When I started playing Magic, it was an Ice Age starter pack, which was like a 60-card thing. And I didn't know that you were supposed to not just play that as a deck. (laughs) So they were not consistent. No. They were just five-color
1: disasters. (laughs) And it's Ice Age, which is not the greatest set of all time. No. But I tell you what, actually, if we're
3: going back to Dominaria, which according to the map Wizards posted on their site today, still has its ice caps, let's see some Aurochs.
0: Oh, Aurochs. You're pulling that one out. I like the Aurochs. They were really good in Cold Snap. Yeah. Well, not really good, but... That was only the theme decks for them. They were only only printed twice in Ice Age and 5th edition, because I guess you needed a 4-mana 2-3. <laughs> they were like, what are we going to do to fill this hole? I know.
3: But then they printed three more Aurochs in, uh, in, in Cold Snap, because they were like... This, this tribe needs more Oh, yeah. Support. Oh,
1: the creature type <laughs> aurochs,
3: right. Yeah. Let's
0: yeah, see. aurochs
1: herd is oh. so good. By that, I mean, decently okay and not terrible.
3: Let's see, uh, let's see the uh, legendary monogreen auroch. Yeah, we need an aurochs <laughs> lord. From, uh, You're right.
0: Yeah, yes, right?
1: I would love to have a big old cow. <laughs> see, just walking around. I mean, aurochs herd would let you get more aurochs, and then when it attacks, it gets stronger for every Aurochs you have. It's just like having Cowblade, only Cowblade. <laughs> uh, oh, no. Oh my god! <laughs> it <is> so good. <laughs> That's peak
0: episode, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Cowblade. <laughs> All right.
1: We're not beating that. <laughs> okay, man. Yeah. All right. So. Masters 25 came out. It's really fun and also really weird at the same time. Do we have any thoughts about that?
3: Can I say I love, I love, love, love the watermark yes. use yes. on Masters 25. Yes. It is great. And I actually i have been enjoying, I've been quite enjoying drafting the set as it happens.
1: Yeah, I've been enjoying playing it. It's really cool. Um, the brainstorm that's in there gorgeous. is gorgeous. maybe the, one of the prettiest cards I've ever seen. I wish there was more than one Arabian Nights card in there. Just because the sword looks so sick on Erg Raiders. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude.
0: Yeah. I played a lot of Urgraders. Raiders.
1: I'm not proud, but 1994, you, you played, played what you exactly, had. You played exactly what you had. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Can you imagine if they put Bazaar of Baghdad into Masters 25? Oh,
1: God. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> I mean.
2: Things they could have done.
1: They didn't put pyramids into uh, So there's,
2: there's a reason for that, though.
3: There's yeah, support they're... for that deck in the in the draft, too. Yep, there is. Yeah. the I won a draft last night with a green-black cycle things into the graveyard and reanimate them strat.
1: My draft of Master 25 ended up looking like my first ever deck. A bunch of blue-white nothing that doesn't let you do anything either. It was pretty terrible.
3: How'd, how'd you do?
1: I lost. <laughs> because everybody else was also playing blue-white, don't let you do anything. And when three people at your table are all drafting blue-white, that means that you didn't get the best counters. Let's just say that it felt like 1994 because every game went to time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it just ground out like, okay, well, my wall and your wall stare at each other. And then I counter anything you do. And then you counter anything I do. Oh, okay.
3: Yeah. Yep. That really takes me back.
1: (laughs) Yeah. it It was definitely a lot of Drago. Drago mirrors are exactly why I stopped playing Magic for like 12 years.
2: In which case, gentlemen, I think it's the end of the evening. We've done a lot of hard talking and hard drinking. Let's get wrecked. <laughs> we need a jingle I for this. I was just thinking of
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. So if right. only we had somebody who could make jingles with their musical abilities.
3: Surely it's either too early or too late in the
2: day for you to get wrecked. <laughs>
0: it's British.
2: In about an hour, both my children will wake up. and So I'm often drunk when I'm looking after <laughs> them. So, <it's>... Fair enough. <laughs> Some joke <laughs> listeners. Uh, so Rec is our game where I use the website edhrec.com to generate the average deck of a commander I have selected. And Then you each get two lives, and then you take it in turns to name a card that you think appears in that deck. If you get it wrong, you lose a life. When you've lost all your lives, you are out. So rules are simple. If you... Uh, I have to accept your first answer, and if you say a card that has already been said... It counts as a loss. Understand? Understood. Yep. Mm. Excellent. And for this week, in honor of uh, nostalgia, I've picked everyone's favorite elder dragon, whose artwork looks like a pencil drawing your best friend did in high school for his local (laughs) metal band's album cover. (laughs) It's Veivictus Asmadi. I loved Veivictus. And also, this will be two EDH racks in a row. We've done a big jund dragon. <laughs> uh, I'll quickly read him so you get an idea. He's two and double jund. That's how it should be said. Uh, legendary creature elder dragon. He's a 7-7 seven, seven flyer. At the beginning of your upkeep, pay a jund or sacrifice him. And you can pay a black, a red, or a green, and he gains plus one, plus zero. And to end a turn. So he's a big pump monster. And he <laughs> looks a bit like a big pumping monster in his artwork. Um, <laughs> in honor, we always let the guest go first. And who's the champion out of you two, I believe it's... Well, she even won Sheave the last him. one, but I wouldn't call him the champion. That's, you know...
1: Well, I mean, you did fall on your sword, so...
2: We played EDH um as a sample of this show on Brother's War. And let me tell you, those guys are way better at this game than you two. Um, <laughs> What's
0: the order? It's Graham, all right. then Phil, then she' I just them. have to mentally get ready for this.
3: So is this algorithmically generated? Yes.
2: Yes, so EDHREC looks at every deck that's ever been created on deck stats or tapped out that uses Veictus Asmadi and then it creates the average deck based off all them. Now normally it's out of a few hundred or a couple of thousand decks. Veictus Asmadi has on EDHREC a total of Seventy-one <laughs> decks. <laughs> wow.
3: So, should I just try and spike this by mentioning cards that just should be in any EDH deck? You can do that. You can do, you can do whatever you, can you want. Do.
2: Even if even basic you think is in the average Avic to deck, you can say it.
3: I've never heard of a commander deck that doesn't run Sol Ring.
2: Sol Ring is in the deck. Okay. okay. Go. Um,
0: I'm going to say Cultivate
2: cultivate do, 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 up to the sorceries is in the deck. Shivam.
1: Huh, let's see. So he's green, black, and, okay, mountain. Mountain is in the deck,
3: yes. I wasn't sure if I, I wasn't sure if guessing basics was allowed. That said. Yep. <laughs> oh, maybe I should save it then. Well, all right. So I guess forest then in that case. We'll just burn forest through these. Forest is in the deck. Right. Phil,
2: would, would you like a swamp? Swamp. Swamp is <laughs> in the deck. There okay. you go, Shivam. See what you get? See what you get, so it just loops it around just now. Shivam has to make a team. real
1: guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. says, Um I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Heartbeat of Spring. Heartbeat
2: of Spring, the green version of the popular red enchantment, is not in the deck. It should be. Mm,
3: Shivam loses a life. I'm going to say lightning bolt.
2: Lightning bolt. Well, that's not the second word I was expecting you to say there. Um, (laughs) If I'm honest, lightning bolt, not in the deck. I'm afraid. Mm, Interesting. This is a commander deck. (laughs) Yeah, I know
3: most of the ones that I've seen still run lightning bolt just because it's very efficient.
0: Uh, Yeah, actually I've been thinking of putting that in Italy. Um, uh, we're going to go with Kodama's Reach.
2: Kodama's Reach is
0: in the deck.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I figured Yvonne.
3: that might be if Cultivate was in,
2: yeah. Um, Phil's in the lead now. Remember, if you get one wrong now, Shivam, you're out of the game.
1: Fiddles. Oh, uh, we're only
0: doing to two life?
2: Yeah, with three play- well, we could do to three if you want, but with three players, we normally only do two.
0: And this way it'll come down to, you know, Graham and uh, me.
1: Lightning Greaves?
2: Lightning Greaves is nice. in the deck.
1: Well, you put out a seven-seven dragon. You want to go attack it, yeah, right? Oh,
3: that's that's the word you were looking for. All right, Graham. Hmm.
2: Wow. Oh boy.
1: Hold oh, good, John.
2: A tip for new players is think of the sort of categories of things you like to do in Commander, and then think what can that col- those colors do in that category.
3: Yeah, but I don't think just any red deck runs Scrambleverse, Ooh. so I'm not going to guess it. <laughs> 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 You naughty,
0: naughty boy.
3: Uh,
2: I don't know. Oh, shoot. What's it called? Um, the Only you can answer that, Graham. The,
3: is it Sweltering Suns?
2: Whoa. Sweltering Suns. Now, I don't even know what type of card that's, that that's is. That's the
3: Cycling Wrath from Amonkhet. I
2: was like, what about pyroclasm? No, that's too small. Sweltering so card. going up to my sorceries. Sweltering suns, not in the deck. I'm afraid. Graham is out.
3: Out. Oh, oh, right. Because I said lightning bolt.
2: I forgot I was on
3: the. I forgot I was on the bubble there.
2: You want
0: you want one of my life, and then we'll all be at one each. It's unprecedented. It's okay.
1: All right, Phil. What you got?
0: All right. All right. I'm going to go old school since we're in a nostalgia-themed show. And I'm going to say <laughs> Mana Vault.
2: Mana Vault is not in the deck. Oh,
0: What kind of people are making Vivictus Asmati decks? How do you even well, get them out ca- without
1: Mana Vault? Okay. Um, I'm like, who are the type so of people it's, it's who It's sudden like death there? now. Whoever gets one wrong,
2: the other player wins.
1: Okay, uh, let's see. Good luck, Shiva. Yeah, thanks. Um, I had a card in mind right now. and uh, Toxic Deluge.
2: Toxic Deluge is... We have a winner, oh, Phil. Congratulations. Toxic Deluge is not what? in the deck. Come soon as come said,
3: on. soon as I said Sweltering Suns, I wish I'd said Damnation.
2: A damnation is also not in the deck, so you still <laughs> would have been out, sir. <laughs> Who is running? as
1: money. What the hell? Did what they put what in? is in this deck?
2: So, creature-wise, we've got some classics in here for these colors. We've got Acidic Slime, Birds Paradise, Eternal Witness, which is in every green deck ever made. Every green deck. Uh, boring Clex, Voice of Hunger. <laughs> then we've got Xenagos, Artarka for your damage doublers. We've also got Mina and Den, Wildborn. There's a strange land sub-theme in these decks. Gitrog Monster as well. Um, Solemn Simulacrum. Why? That's Instance. weird. Instance, we've got Chaos Warp, Harrow, Heaven, which is a card I don't know. Heaven. Um, Hello, Heaven. old school. H-E-A-V-E-N. Crows and Grit, Putrefy, Terminate. Sorcery-wise, we've got Blasphemous Act. Uh, Crux of Fate made it in, which is probably where... Damnation would have been.
3: But. Oh, heaven is the front half of heaven and earth.
1: Oh, okay. I got gotcha. The hurricane.
3: Or er, gotcha. heaven heaven yeah. to earth, pardon
1: me. Oh, so a new. We've
2: got part. demonic tutor, diabolic tutor, explosive vegetation, um, wildest dreams. Everyone loves that card. A lot of people thinking, what does that do now? Um, sorcery. That was sorcery, sorry. Uh, artifacts. We've got the usual. Manoramp stuff, so Chromatic Lantern, the signets, etc. Lifecrafters Bistro.
0: Alright, so, I guess if the listeners want to see all of the cards in this deck, they should just go up to edhrec.com and just search for Vaevictus Asmati directly. Now, Vaevictus, how do you spell Vaevictus, anyway?
1: V-A-E-Victus.
0: <laughs> That's, that clears everything up.
1: Start with I think a fun
2: challenge should be go to rec and try and spell it without checking oh, correctly yeah, first yeah. time Darn
0: it! <laughs> alright, wow this has been a pretty darn amazing show so thanks for hanging out with us this long everyone uh, it's been wonderful talking with you Graham it's been actually, truly it's been a long time goal to invite you onto the show and I'm so glad that Shivam just like out of the blue was like hey you want to come on? And that you said yes. Well,
3: I'm, I'm happy to have done so. Thanks so much for having me. This was a fun yeah, time. this
0: was a blast. Thanks. How can people find you if they want to talk to you on uh, the internets?
3: Uh, well, myself personally, you can hit me up on Twitter at Graham underscore LRR. And for everything that we produce, it's just uh, Loading Ready Run. So Twitter is Loading Ready Run. YouTube, Loading Ready Run. Twitch.tv, Loading Ready Run. You can find all of our videos and or streams in those various places. But if you want to say hi to just me, it's Graham underscore LRR.
0: You might say it's loading ready run on all the social medias.
3: Yes. Including Facebook until we delete that presumably.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So very special. Thanks to our patrons. Now I'm sure you have some patrons too, uh, Graham. I bet that all of our show patrons are already patrons of yours. Special thanks to all of our patrons who show their support by donating to us so we can keep on improving the show. Believe it or not, we try to do that. Now, Graham, I understand you have something very special to take us out with.
3: Well, I don't know if I would set it up like that in the the words of the legendary gruel handyman. Keep your stick on the ice.
1: Go and